Hello and welcome back to Sea Red UK, a UK-based Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Matt, and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm very well, thank you, Matt. Glad to be back here talking again. Yeah, I, de- I definitely need this little uh, therapy session after the day I've had, as we've just been discussing. Obviously, a bit rushed um, to get parked up tonight, so I need this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's uh, go for it. Yeah, um, we'll crack on with the the latest news. Uh, our last recording was Saturday with Big Dave off CHGO. If you haven't listened, listen back. Um, I don't think we did a latest news on that one, and to be fair, there wasn't any. So, no. Um, the latest news I have got is we've well, we had another Alonzo post. I think it was started by Casey Johnson. Again, pretty much ruling him out of training camp and start of the season and just starts all the, you know, get rid of him and trade him while we can and all that sort of rumours again, done it? And mm-hmm. again, I'm not buying into any of it until we hear something official, really, so... Yeah, that's it. I mean, we're still waiting on an official release from the Bulls themselves at the moment. I know it's been coming from some pretty reliable sources, but it's still hearsay at this stage. And uh, until we get an official press release from the Chicago Bulls themselves, I'm going to stay storm and sit and wait. Yeah, I think we all know what's coming, but we've just got to pretend we're going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think believe it was on Sunday that Shams put out a tweet saying that Bulls were signing Costas Antetokounmpo to a training camp deal and he's going to battle it out for a, a two-way deal. Obviously, we've spoke about this before um, when it was the the Greek reporter that put it out at the start of Eurobasket. Yeah. Uh, so the, the interesting part is he's battling it out for a two-way yeah, I mean, I, I like this. I, I like the idea that it's no, you know, it, it doesn't feel like they're just signing him as a, as almost a gimmick or or as a as a bit of bait to try and get his brother in towards us. It, you know, it's it's genuinely a look. Here's here's your chance. Fight out for it if you deserve it. You'll get it. If you don't, you won't. Yeah, and as you just said, straight away people have gone to. It's the first step of getting Yanis in in 2026. Yeah. I genuinely believe he's somebody that AK is looking at. You know, obviously, if he's battling out for a two-way, which, that, like we said, that's the interesting part because it was only last week that Shams put out that Malcolm Hill had signed back on his two-way right. alongside Justin Lewis. Obviously, we know Justin Lewis is out injured. Position-wise, Costas fills Justin Lewis's position. Mm-hmm. Um, however, listening to or reading things that people like Casey Johnson have put out, it's they can still drop Malcolm Hill. The the thing with the two ways is not a guarantee, right? But apparently, it's Malcolm Hill and I can't remember the other name that he's battling it out for that I saw. So it, from the sounds of it. They're sticking with Justin Lewis. Yeah, which which is decent. Um, yeah. It's kind of what we discussed that we were kind of hoping that the, the Bulls would do as a franchise. Um, so we'll see how it plays out going forward, I guess. Yeah, so 
a person, you know, he's, a, he's an NBA champion, isn't he? As well, Costas, yeah, uh, the first yeah. to come to win, win a ring. Yeah, so, in, in the bubble. Uh, and it was the same team as Caruso as well, wasn't it? So, oh, that's right, actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In the bubble bubble ring, wasn't it? So, mm-hmm. he's um, he obviously got a few familiar faces in Chicago as well, which might help him settle. And he's obviously not that far from his brother and... I think he was doing all right in for Greece as well before he picked up a little injury. So mm-hmm. I'm excited by it. We'll just see how it goes, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And it does kind of link into a, something that I'm going to say suggest in the next um, segment as well that we've got coming up. But I'll save that for then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then yesterday I think it was Bulls put out a few more workout pictures from the advocate of players who were already back in Chicago uh, Drummond Caruso and Vooch were the ones pictured um, okay it's not really news but it's exciting because we're getting closer um, I think it's media day is it next Monday and then training camp yeah. back end of the week starts so We'll get some decent content coming soon. <laughs> we will. We're going to help us. We're getting closer um, and closer to Bulls basketball instead of just Bulls off-season talk. It's great. Yeah, exactly. And just today, Bulls have announced that the new Jersey Patch partner, sponsor, whatever you want to call it, uh, replacing Zenny is going to be Motorola. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've put a video out with IO sort of modelling the, the jersey and the pictures of Ayo, which that's to me is a good thing as well because it shows how important Ayo is to this team. As um, it's me looking a bit too deep into it, I think, but no, I think um, it's very clever marketing because I mean, yeah, it, it shows that Ayo is an integral part of the future and that they're you know well behind him and everything. But it's also clever marketing because it's playing into the Chicago market with him being a hometown boy. Yeah, exactly. And as we're going to discuss in our next part, could be quite crucial for IO as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, they've put the pictures of the jerseys out. People on the socials are saying they don't like it. They don't like them being there. They don't like the Motorola logo being there. It's, you know, here's what it is. It's the way sport is now, isn't it? You know, it's all about getting the money in, getting the sponsors in. So yeah. here's what it is. You know, there's well, worse. Worst logo they could have had there. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, a worst logo they could have had there was Zenny. I mean, I was never particularly taken with the Zenny logo and it, and it, on it anyway. I mean, it, all it was was just Zenny written across the, the corner of the jersey. Uh, yeah. At least now it's a symbol, you know. It, I, I, I think it looks better than, than the previous one anyway. Yeah, and I think from um, a global point of view as well, people know who Motorola are. Absolutely. I didn't have a clue who Zenny was until there was on Bulls jerseys. Right, as you know, so, um, and obviously Motorola have been on books and was it Pacers? I think they did. Oh, did they? Okay, so, I wasn't aware of that actually. Yeah, hadn't, yeah so, hadn't paid that much attention. <laughs> so yeah, to me, it's a, it's a good thing. It is, it's one of them things. It is what it is. He's not going to change now. So if you don't like the jerseys, don't buy them. Exactly. So yeah, that takes us now into our main talking point for tonight and we're going to have a look at the Bulls contracts and potential free agents next off season I know we haven't even got the season going yet but we all like a good rumour and a good 
talking point and obviously it's only going to get so far into the season before people start looking at who's out of contract and potentially yeah. who we're going to start signing and who we're going to look at and so yeah I've got a list of the Bulls players who are out of contract next year and obviously we've heard rumblings that some are already looking at extensions and stuff like that so we've got the biggest one is probably Vooch Mm-hmm. Obviously, he has been rumoured that obviously probably now while he's in Chicago, they're going to be looking at an extension. Kobe White, who is going to be a restricted free agent. My yeah. guy, Javante Green, which, you know, they need to offer him the max. <laughs> um, Sumu, who is down as a restricted, but I think because of the first contract they give him, they, they haven't got his bird rights or something. Okay. Uh, Tony Bradley, Andre, uh, Andre Drummond and DJJ are both on a player option for 20, what we're going to be on, 2023-24 season. That's it. Um, and then you've got Malcolm Hill and Justin Lewis currently on the two-way deals, whether right. they stay on them or not, it's a different thing. And then obviously we've got a few training camp deals, but we're not going to go into them because they're not officially on the roster. Exactly. They might not even get past training camp. So, Although they've been paid a nice little nice little nest egg for it. Yeah. As I sent you that picture before of, um, was it a million or something they were getting paid? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, which is I'd, more I'd, than... I'd do that. I'd go to training camp for a got. week and get, <laughs> get paid that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd be proper fangirling like over everything, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we will look at the list obviously Vooch is going to get an extension whether fans like it or not yeah I mean I, I totally think he'll get an extension um, we've talk, talked about this in, in length on previous episodes and, and there just isn't that I can see or that you can see there isn't any comparative uh, centres out there that produce what he produces and provide what he provides and you know, fact of the matter is that whether people love him, hate him, or are frustrated by him like we are uh, at times, he's gonna he's gonna get the extension and he'll be back. Now, whether they extend him and then do something with him after the fact, that's a different story. But um, he will be wearing a Bulls jersey in twenty three, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, in terms of what sort of deal they offer him, obviously, I'd, what maybe two years. I would oh. think. It- would be hopefully it takes a bit of a cut in pay to help the team out you know mm-hmm. I mean I know it's potentially his last payday as well but you know over his career he's had enough money hasn't he and if he wants that last little bit of success it's the same way James Harden did isn't it really yeah. I'll take a cut so you can bring in other pieces around me that's going to help me and the rest of the team so We'll see, but I'd imagine he'd be the first first bit of business Bulls who will get done. I would think so, yeah. Uh, Kobe White, like I say, is restricted, so obviously any deal you know that is put out, you know, it's it's Kobe White in it, and we've discussed <laughs> him already. <laughs> Just. You just don't know what to say about him, you know. Because he could have that big year. Well, look, if, and... 
it's a contract year for him and this is kind of in a lot of people's eyes myself included this is his his last chance to prove himself to show that he can um provide what's needed of him yeah um so we'll see we'll see how it goes i'm i'm trying to stay on the fence but uh, i'm i'm barely hanging on i'm like that that cat hanging off the branch on those uh, posters <laughs> from years ago yeah. and barely hanging on but i'm hanging on just about just to see what he what he gives us um and at the end of the day with him being a restricted free agent at least if he goes out there and shops around the bulls have the opportunity to match anything he's offered if they if they want to so yeah and it like we've said he is he'll probably still be here at the end of next year whether we want him to be or not or the fans want him to be or not just purely because we're either stuck with him or <laughs> you know we're going to have to offer him the con- a bigger contract to get what we want for him so mm-hmm. he's, he's the sort of player we don't want to lose for, for nothing isn't he so well yeah because you know like we've said before as well I mean a change of scene for him could be exactly what propels him forward and um it would be one of those frustrating things to let him go for next to nothing. And then he goes somewhere else and, uh, and shoots lights out. So I don't know. Yeah. And I'll skip Javante for now, but going into Ayo, you know, again, restricted, I believe, like I said, it's, we can't offer him a, a certain deal or there's that, there's that many sort of things with this, the salary and contracts that I, I lose track of what they all are, but because we only offered him a two-year deal to start with, we lose his bird rights and it affects what we can offer him. But then the salary cap's going up, is it next year? So we can actually yeah. fit him in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And you'd imagine it's basically, I mean, Ayo's probably ahead, but Ayo and Kobe are battling for that for that money, basically. Because there's no way we sign both of them back, is there? Well, it's, it's, it's unlikely. I suppose it depends on the situation. But I mean, we are guard heavy and we will be guard heavy by the end of the the season that's coming up into 23 so um, you know I can't see them signing all of them back yeah I mean obviously one person I forgot to mention on the list is Goran you know he's only, yeah. only one year deal isn't he so yeah there's three you know you'd imagine he's not coming back regardless of how well he does just purely uh, on his age and unless unless Lonzo you know Surprises us all in in a very bad way. Um, I can't see Goran being given a, a second contract anyway. I think he's like we said before, he's a stopgap for this season. I think. Yeah, and I'm probably gonna go with what the majority of fans are gonna be, and you'd, I'd rather see Ayo get the money than Kobe. Yep, of what I've seen already. So, yep, yeah, you know, it's up to Kobe to. You know, so it's probably the biggest year he's going to have in it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good job this is an audio-only podcast at the moment because otherwise you'd be seeing <laughs> seeing me shaking my head like one of those dogs in the back of the windscreen. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, like I said, I just skip my guy Javante. You know, it's he's one of them players that they'll either use as a bit of trade bait, salary match, mm-hmm. or he proves himself that much that they re-sign him. Obviously, he's on a, a very small contract at the minute, isn't he? Is it one point something million, I think it is, or something like that? 
um, 1.8 or something. And for what he gives on that, it's you can't not want to keep him. <laughs> but then he's going to want paying more, I'd imagine. I would or think. His, his agents are definitely going to try and get more. Um, whether that's at Bulls or elsewhere, it's, you know, hopefully it's at Bulls. Yeah. I think, I, I think very... we'd all like to see him back. Um, I mean, we all know how much you love him, uh, but you're not on your own. He's certainly uh, won the hearts of nearly all Bulls fans, if not all Bulls fans. Um, and he's, he's just so versatile and, and, and does so much around the court um, for us. It's hard to think that they would let him go, but they could find themselves in a position where, like you say, they have to use him to salary match or just to bolster a trade, you know, and he could end up being collateral damage, unfortunately. In the way that we actually got him. Exactly. Well, well, that's what it looks like on paper, but to me, the trade was made to get him. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and the next one on the list, Tony Bradley. Bye bye. Yeah, he's only here <laughs> on a player option now, anyway. Which yeah, a lot of people are saying, why did we even give him that? But I guess last year was a chance to look at him, and they were hoping he was going to be something that he he just wasn't. Yeah. You know, potentially he's gone before the end of the year anyway, whether it's as part of a trade or... Yeah, I I think that's most likely. I don't think this is actually going to be something we have to worry about by the time the off-season rolls around. I don't think he'll be uh, with the Bulls anyway. I think he'll be part of something. I don't think they're going to waive him after game six or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I think if they were going to do it, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a move that they're likely to make to me. No, I yeah. think they may may keep him there as a as a just in case option. Um, yeah, and then when it comes to the crunch, if they can, they'll package him up as part of some sort of deal. Yeah, and then you got Andrew Drummond and Derek Jones Jr. who are going to be given the player option for the following year. They're always going to take it, aren't they? Whether, I think it's pretty likely, yeah. You know, whether they stay in Chicago or not, it's <laughs> unless they're guaranteed something better, bigger, better, whatever, mm-hmm. they're going to take it, aren't they? So, and yeah. I wouldn't mind either of them being back, to be honest. So, No, I don't have an issue with it. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen uh, Drummond play for us yet, and it'd be interesting to see what he brings. But we've discussed him before as well, and, and we, we both expect him to have a bit more of an impact than a lot of people are expecting from him. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that it won't hurt for him to come back for another season and for us to get the two years out of him at least. And uh, Derek Jones Jr., um, I mean, I'd like to see him produce a little bit more than he than he did uh, last year. But uh, once he's there, ready to step up and, and fill the gaps and, and hit a few shots and, and a few highlight reels, I'm good with that too. Yeah, and then, like I say, the other two were two ways, but as we've just said, we don't know what's actually happening with them. So, yeah. And then uh, I've had a look at around the league. I don't know how accurate they are, whether they've already agreed anything or there's something in place, but a few players that, whether it's fans that have linked us to him or, you know, your, your genuine reporters in the past, 
but I've got a list of players who are well reportedly going to be out of well, contract next year you've got Miles Turner Larry Nance Jr Harrison Barnes um, Jakob Poltel I don't know how you say his surname the guy at Spurs yeah Kyle Kuzma Matisse Thibault and that was it for players that I remember has been linked to I don't know what sort of deals they're on whether they're restricted or whatever but there's a few a couple of names in there that you can see Bulls fans being excited about if yeah. they do become free agents definitely um, how much it'd cost to get them is a different thing mm-hmm. but they all do fit a bit of a need yeah definitely there's, there, in fact I don't think there's many players on that list that I wouldn't be happy to entertain at least uh, to see what it would cost yeah, and finally, I did look at a few other names that stood out. You know, so I just had a quick glance down the list before, so I don't know what the, the actual deals are, but you've got D. Rose. He's going to mm-hmm. be a free agent, so we know what's coming next year. Yep. Oh, bring him home and all yep. that. <laughs> um, which, which I have no problem with, by the way. I have yeah. no problem with it at all. Even if he just becomes a kind of a bit of a bench and locker guy for the most part, I I definitely would like to see him finish up his career in Chicago. Exactly. Uh, Cam Johnson at Suns. Obviously, okay. he was in the same draft class as Kobe White. Um, he's a player I like, and he fills a need that we have. But. They're apparently allowing Jay Crowder to um, enter trade talks so that they can re-sign Cam Johnson. So I think Jay Crowder is also a free agent next year. Again, he's a player that Bulls fans have said we should go and get. Whether we should or not, it's a different thing. But um, Kevin Porter Jr., obviously at Rockets. Yeah, I, I like Kevin Porter. Yeah, I do. And I mean, what is he? He's a two guard, is he? Mm-hmm. In definitely the guard of some sort, isn't he? Yeah. Where he'd fit in on the team, I don't know, but I just wrote his name down because, like I say, I like him. He's still young. He's obviously had his problems. But when you watch him, he's, he's a, to me, he's a quality player. Mm, he he adds, a bit of, add a, adds a bit of toughness as well in the backcourt. So, um. Another player that we were kind of spoken about with Kelly Oubre Jr. Mm-hmm. He'll be a free agent, so I don't think he'd be a bad pickup if the money was right. No, we could find uh, out who used to do Rodman's hair in Chicago and introduce him to him. <laughs> and tattoos as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, another rocket. Kenyon Martin Jr. I know he was somebody that I did hear we were linked with not so long back. Okay. And to be fair, my only knowledge of him is from Fantasy League because <laughs> he was somebody I picked up a couple of years back and he uh, picked a load of points up for me. So do I have a little bit of a soft spot for him, whether that translates into real <laughs> NBA, I don't know. But I think he, is he a three, I think? Is that, or he might be a three and D sort of guy. I don't. I can't really remember now. Okay, we'll we'll take a three and D anyway. Yeah, uh, Stephen Adams. So uh, he can 
come in and carry Bradley out, couldn't he, really? <laughs> he can lift him out before he comes back <laughs> into the building. <laughs> you know, I, I can't see us going for someone like him, but I'd love him at Bolton. Oh, I would too. I mean, like the toughness that Stephen Adams brings to any squad would be would be incredible. He's, he's just a brick wall with feet, isn't he? I mean, he, he really is. But he he has skill too. Like, you know, he's not yeah. unskilled. Um, do you know, yeah, I'd take Aquaman 2.0 for the Bulls, all right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then there was Tyler Hero as well, which I'd imagine Heat will re-sign him, but... Yeah, I don't imagine them letting him go. I mean, he's he's been quite a, quite a turnaround for them, hasn't he? Um, yeah. And, and he's... he's a good three-point shooter too, which is unfortunate because that's something that we could do with, but I, I don't think it will be released. No. And the last one, again, I don't think he's going to be released and I've just thrown his name in there from what we were discussing at the start is Thanasis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Let's get a whole family. Exactly. That's where I was going with it. <laughs> Bring him in. We've got two of them. You know, surely Yanis is going to want to follow yeah, well, if we if we got two of them in, it's got to be a draw. It has to be a exactly. draw for him. You know, but... uh, remember where you've heard it first. <laughs> Thanasis will be joining us as well. There you go. The Call with Tim Sinclair is brought to you by Stump, the new app for iOS and Android that allows anyone to create an instant social podcast. Whether by yourself or with friends, Stump lets you connect, record, and instantly share your conversations with the world. Talk about anything with anyone and share it with everyone. It's the social network solely for audio. Download the free app from the App Store or Google Play. Or learn more at GetStump.com. Stump, your voice has a place. All right, we'll move on to our next segment now, which we first put it out to Big Dave on Saturday, and it's our predictions for next year. We'll also put it out on all the socials and shout out to everybody who's actually took the time to reply on it and put their thoughts on it. Uh, I'll read the, um, the things out to you, and you can give me your predictions first off. Okay. Uh, the Bulls' final position in the East. Right. Well, realistically, it could be anything from about three to eight, I think. But I'm going to go a little bit positive and go, which is kind of my shtick anyway, and I'm going to go for fifth. Yep. So, obviously, that puts us in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, what sort of record? I know the record's hard to, to say, but... You know, what sort of record do you see us getting? Yeah, I mean, the record, record's almost impossible. I had to try and gauge it around, ending up in the fifth position. Um, and I think in order to get us there, I mean, I went for 51 and 31, but I think that could be a little bit too optimistic. <laughs> I'd take it, though. I would, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and obviously, we've just said playoffs. So where do you see them? In the playoffs. See, unfortunately, this is where I think it slips. Um, we don't have enough experience yet. Um, I think it will be another year before we really make a deep drive into the uh, playoffs. But I think second round, um, and I reckon we can take it to seven games. Mm-hmm. And on to the player sort of awards. Right. Bulls MVP. I think. Debo does it again, DeMar DeRozan. 
when do you actually want him to? That's the question. Uh, that's a good question, actually. And it's not one I'd kind of bounced around in my own brain. But I suppose if Damar is that hot and, and, and that good again, it probably means that there's something else gone a little bit wrong somewhere else within the team. Not necessarily, but potentially. Um, I'm kind of hoping that it's going to be uh, a bit of a battle between himself and Zach, realistically, um, and that the both of them have an, a, an unbelievable season. But I just think DeMar has another year of being incredible. Mm. Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the Bulls most improved. Well, I would be the biggest hypocrite if I didn't go for P. Will, wouldn't I? It's some um, sexy rainbows, isn't it? It's them sexy rainbow threes. <laughs> I, they just get me every time. It's like, you know, he puts the shot up and then you get that little opportunity where you kind of sit back and kind of go, that's pretty, before it starts dropping down and into the yeah. ring, you know? <laughs> and so, then the, the last one, the Bulls unsung hero. Yeah, well, this one might be a little bit controversial in some people's eyes, but before I give the name, I'm just going to say that it was a real toss-up for me between two players. Yeah. Um, the player that I ended up not going with was Javante. Um, I do, I do think that he is gonna give it his all. Like we said, it's a contract season for him as well. Um, and if he can play like he did last year, and he'll probably have less minutes on the court, so he'll be coming on and making even more of an explosive impact when he does come on the court and uh, I can't wait to see it I'm all here for it but I don't think it's quite enough I think the player that's going to step up because he's going to hit his bunnies he's going to stay in the paint a little bit more <laughs> and he's not going to need to be on the arc as much is Nikola Vucevic um, I think everybody's ready to hate him straight away <laughs> but um, I mean he's a double-double machine and I don't. I just don't see him getting off to such a cold start like he did last year. He's got yeah. more of an idea of his place within the team. He's got more of an idea of how the system's going to work together. And I just think he's going to be. Uh, he's going to be a positive surprise for a few people. Yep. Uh, right. I'll. Uh, I don't, do you want to read me the? Yeah. Uh, I'll read them out to you, and and you can fire them off the way I did. How's that sound? Yeah. Okay. So we'll start off then with final position. Uh, I'm going for sixth with this one. Okay. Um, like you say, could go higher, could quite easily go lower as well. So I thought I'd just go for the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, just about giving them a playoff spot as well. Yeah, I don't think they're um, they're going to fall that much as what people think, just because of Dejounte Murray and mm-hmm. um, Donovan Mitchell coming to the East. So I think the big thing for us, as we keep saying, is, is Lonzo, isn't it? But I yes. think we've also learned how to play without him. Well, I think the team's in a better position to survive without him now compared to last yeah. season. Because everyone else is hopefully coming in healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so record. Yeah, like we said, it's a hard one to judge and I've actually gone for a slightly improved from last year. I've gone 48-34. Okay. And I think, you know, I've not had a proper look at the schedule and because it just blags my head. 
obviously we've got a lot of back-to-backs and stuff like that, but I think we'll pick up wins over teams that we weren't last year, as in everyone that was above us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, heat and stuff like that. I think we might knock a couple off them, but then I think we'll also lose a couple of games that we won last year, like uh, obviously we did the we sweep on Clippers and Lakers, didn't we? Which, yeah. you know, I think the, more so Clippers, the potential's there to to lose them games and yeah so 48-34 for the record okay and the playoff I've gone first round exit again Um, hopefully more competitive than last year Mm -hmm. especially if we've got Lonzo back whether that would be seen as an improvement if we went further than five obviously it depends on your opponent as well doesn't it but true you know, I just, I think we're just still missing something, and I don't know what it is. Okay, time will tell, I guess. Yeah. And um, onto the players then. Bulls MVP. Uh, Zach. Okay. Same question. Why? Because he's got his deal, and I think that's going to be a big thing for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to want to show why he's got it. I think we're going to see the best Zach we've ever seen, to be honest. And I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah. And it kind of ties in with yours. You know, if Zach's doing his thing, then Debo doesn't have to, does he? True. And but then if Zach does have an off day or an off game, then we know that Debo can do what he did. So, but I think the big thing for both of them is everybody else having to step up as well. Yeah. I.e. Vooch and hopefully Lonzo if he's fit. Yeah, yeah. And P. Will. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, if they all make a little bit of a step up and knock down a couple of extra points, then their points per game drops, doesn't it? So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bulls most improved player. I think this one might shock you. We've gone for Kobe White. Wow. Yeah, you had that same reaction when I drafted him as well. Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, fingertips, just barely hanging on. <laughs> yeah, and maybe I'm, I've got my full hand on the fence yet. I don't know. But um, I just think he's, he's set for a big year because of what we've just discussed with his contract. Um the big thing for him is the consistency mm. and I think if he's given a consistent role we'll see that and a first proper off season and stuff like that contract year I just think he's going to come in and and well be seen as most improved whether it works out for us or somebody else is a different thing right and uh, finally then Bulls Unsung Hero yeah, I was going to go with my guy, Javonte, as well. But I've gone for Andre Drummond. Well, okay. And my thinking is, he's what Vooch needs. So he helps Vooch become a better player. Well, yeah, that would be good. Just purely because he's a reliable big man to have coming off. You know, it's not Tony Bradley that's stepping up. We yes. know what he can do rebounding. You know, 
you know, minute wise, I don't know what he's going to get, but I think I had today Tristan Thompson last year was averaging 16 minutes a game or nearly 17 minutes a game for us, and he was doing nothing but be boxed out. Right. So, that was 16 and a half minutes too many. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if he's going to get his minutes, there's call it 17 straight away. Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head what Vooch was on, but I think it was about 33. And to be fair, you'd like to see that maybe drop a couple as well. Yeah, give him a chance to, to catch his breath a bit more. I mean... Yeah, maybe get his head back in it a little bit. and Yeah. You know, if his head's gone a little bit or he's got in his own head, give him a chance to get out of it. Yeah. I think all of that, I think he'll just go a little bit under the radar of what he's actually brought to Bulls. Yeah. No, I can see that. Well, I'm, I hope I hope that's kind of the direction it goes anyway. Yeah. And like I said, I'd be happy if it does. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, move on to your, as we do all the time, finish your player profile. Okay. One second now. Let me just find it here. I have it here. Right. So, my player profile for tonight uh, is a dynasty player. Um, yeah, and it is Tony Kukoc, number seven. Okay, so what do you say? The original, the original. number seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's fifty-four, uh, listed as six foot eleven, depending on where you read it. Some some places tell you he's six foot ten. Um, he is a forward. He's listed as a forward, even though he originally came in as a small forward. Um, and ended up bulking up slightly to play power. Um, from split Croatia and was drafted out of Europe uh, to the Bulls in 1990. Uh, round two, he was the 29th pick by Jerry Krause. But he remained in Europe and he played a year in the Yugoslavian League and two years in the Italian League until the 1993-94 season when he... Uh, came to Chicago. Uh, so 15 years NBA experience, seven years with Chicago. Um, he also played with uh, Philadelphia and the Bucks, I believe. I actually didn't write it down. Um, <laughs> Don't matter anyway. No, nah, it doesn't matter. It was, all that matters is in a Bulls jersey. Um, <laughs> so Bulls averages were 11.6 points per game. 4.2 rebounds per game, 3.7 assists per game, and one steal per game. Known as the Croatian sensation, the Pink Panther, or the most common one that he was known by for a very obvious reason, which is the waiter. And it's because the way he used to serve the ball to the other players, serve it up on a dish. Accolades. This may take a while. <laughs> um, Hall of Fame class of 2021, um, three-time NBA champion with ourselves, uh, 96 to 98, sixth man of the year in 1996, three-time European champion, four-time European player of the year, Olympic medalist, and FIBA World Championship MVP. I mean, he is just decorated both in Europe and in America in the NBA. Um it was sensational. I mean, I absolutely loved Kukoc. Um, you know, a left-handed, incredibly gifted uh, passer and scorer, um, particularly for his size. Um, and, and 
unbelievable clutch scorer as well. Not you know, not just regular time game, uh, uh, game time, but put him in in a clutch situation as he did many times, and uh, he just didn't shy away from it. He looked incredibly comfortable taking those shots, and uh, and done it like I say, time and time again. And uh, he was actually the third top scorer for us during the second three peak behind MJ and Scotty. So I've got a few little bits written down, Matt, but I'll give you an opportunity to kind of um, give us your take on, on Tony Kukoc before I run through what I have here. Yeah, again, you know, as you said, he's a player that just loved. Um, it's, it was a bit of a underdog sort of story, wasn't it? You know, the whole way he come over with the... Been completely demoralised by MJ and Pip to then turning it around and helping him win the second three-peat. So, yeah. you know, you've got to give him all the credit for that. You know, he was seen as the best player outside of America, wasn't he, before he yeah. come over. So, you know, highlight-wise, where'd you, where'd you start with him? Um, you know, buzzer-beater after buzzer-beater. Uh, I think there was one that stuck out in my head was the, I think it was against Celtics, where the, sort of the ball's going out of bounds and he sort of grabs it and behind his back straight yeah. straight down the lane and someone gets on the end of it and slams it down. Uh, Jason Tatum did it last similar last year. That's right. Yeah, which, <laughs> um, you know, but he was doing that back in the nineties, so yes. Yeah. You know, then there's the whole thing of that last shot versus was it Knicks where Pippen said yeah. that he wasn't <laughs> happy and Pippen had a half. <laughs> yeah, we we know what happened there. So yeah, I just remember him for his, his sort of his, his passing, hence the nickname. Yeah, you know, he had pretty decent footwork as well, didn't he, for a, a big guy and fantastic. Yeah, obviously and... his shooting. Yeah, the buzzer beaters and. We could do with somebody like him now, really. Oh, big time. You imagine the transformation that he could add to the team. Yeah, definitely. Although we have DeMar with the buzzer beaters. Um, it's just with his size, with his ball handling skills, um, his passing ability and his clutch shooting as well as his regular shooting. He was just an all-round superstar. I mean, he he had the, the, the skill of a point guard. Um, yeah. But then he was six foot eleven. <laughs> you know, and back then that was incredibly rare. I know you have the likes of uh, uh, Jokic that's doing it now in the league, but I mean, Kukoc was doing it like you say back in the nineties and doing it in Europe before before he came to the Bulls as well. Yeah, just unbelievable stuff. Um, you you touched on his game against um, the Dream Team in the Olympics. The first round game against them um, was just awful. And um, Tony's take on the whole thing was, well, you know, it was it was a grand. It was fine that they were just playing basketball against what they thought was the best player. But what doesn't get talked about is in the second game, he came out and he was he was brilliant against them. Like he scored 17 points against them. And and, and that game went very differently. Uh, I know it was still a win for for USA, but he, he wasn't as contained as he was in the first game. You know, yes. he knew what was coming. Um, a few little notes I've got and uh, uh, that I've taken a few points of interest. Um, on the first day, actually, that he went to the Berto Centre after signing with the Bulls or, or to yeah. sign his contract, um, that was actually the day that the news broke about 
Michael's father. Yeah, I remember that. So, you know, that must have been a very surreal experience for him. You know, he's arrived over after waiting for the three years after being drafted to come over to the Bulls, wanted to play with the Bulls, had had the, the slightly unusual experience with Mike and, and, and Pippin in the Olympics. And then when he does, does get here and he's ready to prove himself, you know, the place is kind of in turmoil as a result of the tragedy of what happened to, to Michael's father and ultimately led to, to Michael retiring for the first time. So that must have just been such a, a weird, surreal situation for him because, you know, he mentioned very, very um, eloquently that for him, it, it made him realise how close-knit the team were and how much they all stood together um, for Michael. Uh, but at the same time, he must have felt very much cut off from it all at that point. You know, he never said any of this, but I'm just guessing because he's arrived in and everybody else is kind of there to console Michael and his tragic loss. And he's kind of sitting on the outside trying to break into the team. But obviously with that kind of a situation, you just have to take it on the chin really, you know? Yeah. So that was, um, was a bizarre situation for him on his first day. Um, but speaking of Jordan's retirement himself and Pippin went on that year to go deep into the playoffs without MJ and, and actually had a chance of, of getting to the to the finals and out of the East, you know, which was unbelievable. Um, just goes to show how good they were, even without Michael. So obviously, when you added him back into the mix, they're inevitably going to win again. Um, the other game, you like, you touched on the New York game, but the other game that really stood out to me was the one against the Pacers. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, the famous Reggie Miller jumping the gun when he made the shot with three seconds left to go ahead and uh, bowed to the crowd. Yeah. And uh, then the ball came in with 0.8 seconds left on the uh, the clock and Kukoc just literally caught it and threw it up and hit the game winner at the buzzer. A little which bit is, MJ-esque really, wasn't it? It really was. And it was from kind of the same kind of position and point you'd expect MJ to shoot it from as well, just slightly off from the centre of the top of the arc. Yeah. It was It was beautiful. Um, yeah, so obviously the game where Pip sat out and had a huff, he actually hit the shot. So it was the right call by Phil, um, which Pippin just had to take on the chin, I guess. Um, also, he got the final shot against the Jazz for the fifth championship in 97 off the steal of Pippin. You know, the one where he goes sliding oh, along the yeah. floor yeah. and then kind of throws it up? Well, it was Kukoc who got the final. No, it wasn't the game-winning shot, but it was the final nail in the coffin. Yeah. Um, and he was I the saviour. around to celebrate, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was the saviour of Game 7 against the Pacers too, which doesn't get talked about. Um, it was actually an off game, which is a very unusual thing in a Game 7. It was an off game for, for both MJ and Pippin, but yeah. Kukoc kept him in that game. Do you know? And this sort of stuff doesn't really get talked about about Kukoc, but people don't realise how integral he was and why he became a Hall of Famer so I mean I love the guy uh, he's actually kind of got a semi-pro career in golf post Bulls as well which is brilliant and uh, he's also a special advisor to Jerry Reinsdorf I didn't catch that as my watch decides to talk to me here <laughs> yeah 
so that's it. That's Tony Kukoc, uh, forever a legend, um, Hall of Famer. And we, I well, I love him. I'm, I'm sure you do too. Yeah. Um, incidentally, on YouTube, you can get a, uh, a um, half an hour or so video called The Waiter, a Tony Kukoc story. If anybody hasn't seen it, go ahead, check it out. It's, it's brilliant viewing. Um, a lot of the big names are there kind of giving interviews about him as well. So go check it out. Yeah, that's one I'll have to check out, to be fair. Yeah, it's worth it. So, yeah, I think that pretty much rounds this one up. Sorry mm-hmm. if it feels like it's been a bit of a rushed episode, but kind of rushed into it through work. <laughs> um, normally, we'd record again on Thursday. We're actually pushing it back a day this week and recording on Friday as we have a, another special guest lined up. Ooh. And yeah. Um, we're a bit unsure whether to drop his name, but we're going to go for it anyway. It's Matt Peck from CHDO. So Bring it on. Another one that we're massively looking forward to. Yeah, Maybe can't wait. For, for different reasons, a big Dave, but... <laughs> hopefully it won't make him too angry let's let's try and keep on his good side <laughs> get the content out of him and hopefully he won't have to throw his hat around the place yeah mind <laughs> you we, we wouldn't see it if he did <laughs> no that's true but yeah um, thanks for listening and you know keep keep listening if you haven't listened to the Big Dave one go back over that and every other one that we've put out and as usual I've been Matt and you can find us on all the socials at C-Red UK. Yeah, uh, I've been Neil. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, at Neil Dunn. Thanks once again for hanging out with us here at C-Red UK Podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review us. And until next time, wherever you are in the world, C-Red, go Bulls. Percolator. It's time for the Percolator. Percolator.